Today's special guest is my brother, Mr. Greg Winfield. Greg, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Mo. Man, I, I appreciate this time taking the time out, man. I know it's, it's uh, been a rough season, but I just want to say thank you, man. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate this. I want to give you a flowers, too, man. So we're going to get into it. Is you ready to get into it? All right, brother. Here we go. So, Greg, you come from a huge house culture legacy through your older brother. Tell the viewers who your brother is to the culture and you know what was he doing in the culture of, of house music? Uh, my brother was uh, Benny Winfield uh, Jr. He uh, was uh, one of the co-founders and co-owners of U.S. Studios, which everybody knows as uh, uh, from Two Hundred Six Jefferson Street. So the warehouse, the, warehouse. the original warehouse. Wow! So people uh, don't even know that that your brother had ties into there. Oh man, he wow. ties. He was. It was his group, U.S. Studio, was started by him, uh, Mike Matthews, uh, okay. a few other people. Right. Was April McDonald, uh, Harold Cherry, of course, the legendary Robert Williams. Right. You know, but they scouted Robert okay. to bring him to Chicago. Oh wow! You know, it was. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy because I, I, I listen to a lot of people tell me about. I was around. I was with your brother. Yeah. But hey, I'm. I'm, I'll be 60 this year, and, and, right. and, and I'm looking at, I remember my sister's Sweet 16 birthday party was at 206 Jefferson. Wow. I was 12. Wow. So, I mean, I didn't even know where I was at. Yeah, That's yeah, That's how yeah. I look at it. So when I hear a lot of people tell me, man, I they was, was there. Yeah, right. Like, Come on. And you was 60, lying. right. <laughs> I'm yeah. Sorry. So uh, it's it's 2024. We're going to tell the truth this year. That's right. So that's, that's what right. we're going to do. Right. That's right. Okay. So, so your brother bringing and scouting in. He was Robert basically, Wayne. he was like doing everything possible to keep it alive. Ah, okay. Uh, he DJed, of course. Okay. Uh, but he wasn't a DJ. Right. But he went in there. And placed music. It was all, it was all by all means necessary at this point to uh, making sure they survived because as the history was told, right. you know, he was at a time where black gays were not allowed into the white clubs. Okay. So they went out to make sure they created their own platform. Wow. You know, to have a place to go. Their own. Uh, yeah, own yeah. place. Okay. Yeah. As an early architect of the party scene that we know today, who was your brother influences then? Uh I think it was more of, of the culture of the at that time of the gay community. Cause those those clubs were, you know, that branched off of those were a lot of you know, it was a lot of yeah. gay, gay uh, clubs going on. Right. And they just needed a place. Because you got to think about, we talking 70s. Okay. And uh, I was just talking to my wife about that. But the 70s, you know, the, the closet door hadn't totally got kicked open yeah. yet. Yeah. So, you know, there was still some discreetness about who was there, what was going on, where it was going to be. Because for a while, they hopped around to different locations. Wow. But different warehouses. Yeah. You know, you, you meet me on uh, 14th of Michigan on the sixth on the sixth floor, and they yeah. take a freight elevator and go up. You know, that was the, that was the type of scene it was. It was truly an underground scene back then. Wow. You know, okay. and uh, I just I, I I think back on that to where he was more of being a pioneer for uh, 
and a and a, being a strong influencer for the the gay community. Ah, I got you. Uh, okay. Uh, it was it was all about him networking and making sure he, you know, he was not one that would push his self as far as his. Uh, sexuality off on people but if this is what you were about he was somebody that you could you know talk to and even if you wasn't he was somebody he was just a unique person in his own way so it was I always say he was and he was ahead of his time with a lot of stuff so so what was your age difference and what do you remember about him and the party scene well I was I guess he's he was about 13 14 years older than me okay and uh, at that time uh the party scene was, I knew about the the this the spike so called spike punch or spike yeah. food and <laughs> you know all right. that good stuff. But it was it was a different time between the seventies and the eighties. And I I just just talking about this. Yeah, you could enjoy life. I yeah. mean, it was crazy. Party yeah. scene was nice. I mean, I hate to say it. The, Drug scene was nice, you know, man. <laughs> right, the, right, right, right. Even the sexual side of the scene was straight. You didn't have to worry about it. These days now, man, it's like you you could either wind up with luggage, yeah, <laughs> yeah. carrying something you don't even want to have. And, yeah. I mean, it's basically what happened to that community too. Yeah. You know, in the 90s. Right. So, I mean, back then, you could live free. Okay. You could live free. Let me ask you something. Since you've been there, y- your brother was like partly just, you know, the one who created that space. How many people did the warehouse hold or U.S. studio? That could be that could be hundreds. Because okay. I can tell you as a kid when I was, like I told you about the joke when I was 12. Yeah. I was doing cartwheels. I had never seen a room that big in my life. Wow. And I was doing cartwheels through the... Through the middle so of the can floor. can you say give me an estimate you know a hundred to three hundred or I could say a little uh, three hundred okay three so it wasn't like it wasn't eight hundred no to fourteen hundred people yeah okay well, you know my my actually rest in peace my dad he yeah. did security okay from time to time there him and my cousin okay and I I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself but I never forget my dad was on my brother about them making it just a strictly a gay club. Right. You know, everybody was welcome, yeah. but it was a gay club. And right. He was saying that whoever decides to open up this to everybody yeah. is going to be rich. Wow. And you know, that's... Yeah. that's there, there's history yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, at what point did you get introduced to what would become the house culture, and how was your introduction, and how that came about? So, um, I had a I had a cousin, let's start out skill set. I had a cousin that was a... Uh, DJ in Southern Illinois in Carbondale. Okay. And uh, he would come home for the summer. I was just coming out of grade school and he taught me and said, I want you to be a mixologist. Oh, wow. So. You didn't know what that was. I didn't know what it was at the time, but he told me that he wanted me to be flawless. He wanted me to be able to take two turntables and remix a song and it sound just like the song. Right. And I kind of just went into training with him. And this is an ironic story because my cousin, by the way, Daryl Howe. Okay. Um, I went to, uh, well, I come to the house every summer. Right. Last, like, two summers in a row. I was a sophomore in high school. And I, I it started to get more interesting for me to do this because right. he would go away to school and I had to wait on him to come all the way back home. Yeah. And one day I went in the basement in my house, 93rd and Bishop. That's a famous block. Yes. 9325 South Bishop. Yes. Um, I go in the basement and I see 
some turntables in the basement. Right. And I'm like, man. So I, I grabbed a turntable, started working out with those turntables, got me a little Teledyne mixer, because you know that's what was yep. popular back, back then. Now, yep. yep. And then come to find out, those turntables were from 206. Ah, get out of here. When they broke up, because uh-huh. my brother had bought half the gear. Right. So Robert took half the gear, and my brother took half the gear. Okay, so pause right there. Mm-hmm. You, you said your brother would help me get it. Now, I interviewed Celeste before. Mm hmm. And she said that she gave uh, Frankie exactly. a loan for the power equipment. plant. Right. Power plant. For the power plant, but not for the, the warehouse. Power, not the warehouse. Okay. Power plant. I just want to clear that up. Yeah. yeah. No, so she was right. Okay. She was absolutely right. Okay. Um, right. That's another story. You know, she did. She modeled for my brother when we yeah. fast forward. Absolutely. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, wow. But what was funny was I got to working out with those decks. Got 10 times better. Okay. Uh, by the time I graduated high school. Yeah. Still not really aware, because you got to think about it. I'm 12 years old at 206, because yeah. my mindset is not really realizing what I was involved exactly, in. Exactly, at that time. So, uh, Now, what I, high school did you go to? I went slash uh, Quigley South, okay. Brother Wright. So okay, Quigley Brother was Wright. pretty much a preppy school yeah. that did a lot of parties. Okay. Uh, Brother Rice was his own entity right, in itself. Right, right, right. I went to a small grammar school, St. Margaret of Scotland. Okay. Uh, got a lot of young guys that I like brothers to me there so i gotta okay. get them a, a little plug. absolutely absolutely um but what the whole the whole thing is when i went away to school i didn't really go away i was right at north park college on the north side okay and my roommate uh introduced me to tony hatchet mm, okay so at the, the young age of uh 18 okay i'm running with tony on a weekly basis. Wow, okay. Tony was DJing at the Loft right. on 14th in Michigan. That okay. was the craziest place in the world because the floor would literally up and up down, and down, up vibrate. and down, yeah, yeah, up yeah. and down. Yeah. But at that time, man, Tony was, he was the man. Wow. I mean, he was, so we what we did was we traveled the college circuit. He okay. would take me around and uh, I would do battle the DJs because at that time, you know, I was a mixologist. I yeah, I was going to get into it right. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a different DJ skill. Yeah. So were you on KKC at that time? Uh, not yet. Okay. It's coming okay, so up to it. It's coming up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So take us to what music do you remember from that time so our viewers get a timestamp of the music that was going on at that time, Greg? Uh, it was more of a, still the end of a disco era, you know. Okay. Um, uh, you got some Shalimar cuts in right. there. You know, you got more different uh, uh, disco stuff. So you had to be well-versed in how you handled okay. your music. Then you were coming off of funk, Steve Arrington. Okay. You know. R&B, uh, R&B funk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got to, so your your skill set had to be totally different in holding a beat. Okay. You know, you had to really know how to roll a pitch, move a pitch, and, and timing was the whole thing. Precision was important. Right. So... Uh, that, those are the things you practice to be good at. There you go. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, so that was your 18. So what, what year was that around? That was 82, coming 82. up 82, going into 83. Okay. Now, um, your brother had left the warehouse at that time, right? Oh, yeah. So he went into fashion, like you said? Yeah. Okay. And then what happened to the U.S. studios? That pretty it? much was dissolved. And then that's right when, uh, at that time, Everybody was kind of in limbo. Everybody was doing little bars, places, okay. you know, outside of that. 
My brother didn't have much communication with him. Yeah. You know, personally at that time, there was more of a love-hate relationship between Robert and my brother because right. of the breakup. Okay. But his alliance was with Frankie. Okay. So uh, it's like when all these things start coming together, I uh, got better at my skill set in DJing. Right. Now, what records, records were you practicing with at the time? At that time, I was using at that in the very beginning. Yeah. I was used because my cousin was a big funk guy. Okay, you know Parliament. Yeah. You know, uh, I was using like the Steve Arrington or okay. you know, So Fine, Howard, right, right. Johnson, Howard Johnson, all yeah. those stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I was using. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. As you develop develop as a DJ, what was your first professional gig, and how did that lock you in as a DJ for Greg Winfield? Well, I. One of the big gigs I had actually what was crazy, I DJed at my own college. Okay. You know, I DJed at North Park. Okay. And uh, uh, it was a end of the school uh, for Christmas. Okay. And uh, it was a big to do. You know, I now had what to type of music was you spending at the time? I was time? still, I was still I, doing the funk. Yeah, I was doing the funk stuff. Disc, any back. disco or anything? Yeah, it was coming into disco, Martin Circus. Okay. You know, and then you still had what would you say like the European uh, style, the, right? The Italian house uh, and yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Was coming in. Okay. Now there's a point in, in culture in Chicago where there was a split. One side was like the programmers and focused purely on soul selection, song selection, I'm sorry. And the other one was like you said was the turn turntableists mm -hmm. that focus on tricks. Um, you know, battling. Did you get into that, you know, like Yeah. Okay, like the hot mix file, like when Farley was scratching and all that. I did. So what's that what's that with you I, on? Well, those? here's what happened. Once I met Tony, okay. That changed my whole Tony mindset. Hatchet, right. Yeah. That changed my whole mindset. Okay. You know, I, I still laugh and tell everybody I remember when, well, uh, after Tony left and uh, I was running with Andre and Ferris. I never forget okay. those yeah. days, you yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it was more so that Tony kind of steered me into, you know, more worried about working the EQ right. compared to yeah. trying to, to do try triples, to triples in the club. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Now, growing up, and in, in, in you, you said your brother at U.S. Studios, and you coming through the years, so 82, mm. 83, 84, comes the Hot Mix 5. Mm -hmm. What Did the Hot Mix 5 have an influence on you as well? Uh, you know what was funny about it? When you talk about that and you, you say, uh, I wouldn't say influence, I love music. So I was more into learning more of the scene of the underground and the house music okay. as I was to being a radio jock. Uh, I did learn, you know, how to do my programming and stuff like that through my experience of doing it. But okay. for the most part, um, there was, you wasn't really a hot dude if you was on the radio. You got, you got recognition, but the dude on the street, the underground guy really? got more recognition Really? Then the guy off the, you know, in the beginning, if you look at the cycle of it now, yeah, you know, I mean, it's some radio jocks. It's just hard for them to transition. You know, transition, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so no, but but back then, I think, like you said, it was different time. Yeah, um, you're a little older than I am, mm -hmm. so I knew radio and then live air was something huge at the time because that made everybody like, oh man, I want to do this. Yeah. You know, you, you had to listen to a Farley, a Kitty, yeah. a Ralphie, yeah. you know, a Mickey, whatever. whatever oh yeah. Type was, be like, 
All right, cool. And then you go down to imports, buy the records and everything like that. Yeah. So now, at this time, have you develop, developed your record collection at this time too? Yeah. Okay. I had I had a uh, a very close friend by the name of George Little. Okay. Who worked at uh, on Plymouth Court. Yeah. Uh, him and Lil John worked together, right, to be right, honest right, right. with you. Uh, and uh, that was just like, you know, shopping carts and shopping carts. Right. Of albums. Yeah. Yeah. So. So let me ask you, um, in, in your brother history, did, did he bring back, did he take any pictures of the warehouse back then, U.S. Studios back at that time? Not exactly. Yeah. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. I think Robert, Robert has more photos than anybody. Than anybody. Okay. Yep, yep. So aside from the warehouse, power plant, and music box, Chicago was hugely driven by teen parties and venues, high schools, and basement. Tell us about those years from your perspective. And then what years and what records were hot then, like doing your 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 stench at the, yeah. uh, in college? Yeah, you know, on the north side, that was something totally different from the south side. Oh yeah. So what were you playing there that then you came to the south side part? You were like, damn, I didn't, I didn't know the difference. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was it was somewhat similar because of the at that time we were transitioning with a lot of the. Uh, how would you say electronic music is like, like I want to be real. Right. Yeah. yeah. All those songs were moving into play. So it was kind of easy to migrate and play that way. Okay. You know, you just had to, of course, always know your audience. Yeah. You know, you couldn't go into a lot of old deep disco, which wasn't old deep, but, um, but when you look back at all that right now and then moving back South, I never get most of the, Basement parties, you know, I was strong in Morgan Park. Okay, woo. So yeah. you know, you my, my my sister Angie T and all <laughs> right. them. We right. we you know we rock together. Just uh, side by, you just got to think about my neighborhood. I grew up in. Yeah. I grew up in Brainerd Park. Yeah, uh, I had Keith Nunley lived across Ashland. I had Kevin Irvin on the next block. Uh, I mean, yep. me and the Irvins are like yep. brothers. Okay, you know, a lot of my success still to this day. Rest in peace, Kevin, Kevin. had a lot to do with it. Jack so, house, right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a look. Right. I can go on and on about the the culture and the people yeah. that were around me at that time. Okay. So uh, now since since you're coming from a DJ and then your brother coming from the fashion standpoint, mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't understand that there was fashion into this culture oh, we man. call house. Man. So can you explain that a little bit? What was the style back then too coming up and all this other stuff? Yeah. I mean, some of it style-wise, we still had uh, right polo, of course. Yeah. You know, wanted to be preppy. Yeah, there was two different. You know, uh, I listened to Reggie talk about that preppy and house. Right. You know, but in his own similar ways. You know, you had the trench coats. Yeah. You had the. I used to wear zodiacs. Zodiac. Yeah. yeah I used to go slip a box yeah. up yep. on the vision, go yes, get sir. my zodiacs. Right. You know, I used to get my fade up on the north side. Yeah. At Copeland's. Okay. So it was. But this all came from my brother. Yeah. You know, yeah. educating and showing me. Right. But that was part of the culture too. Correct. You know, uh, so yeah, it was a, a, a way out scene. What's funny, you know, my brother designed, the, if you ever look on the cover with, with Steve Hurley and, and Keith Nunley for yeah, the, the first time. For James Hill? Yeah, that's the, my brother designed those. The one with the yellow shirt and everything. The, the blue, the blue, uh, like sport oh, jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he made those. He, he designed those, yeah. Wow. Yeah, See, yeah. That's history, brother. <laughs> so now tell us about your KKC history. Okay. Um, it was a time when uh, uh, I had a, a gentleman rest in peace. You ain't me say this a lot. 
and uh, his name was Daryl Bernard. Right. We were two guys out of uh, the neighborhood okay. over at Brainerd, and, uh, and he knew I could DJ, and he had an audition right. at uh, at Kennedy King. Okay. And he asked me to go with him. Yeah. And uh, we were the first ones to show up. The Friday Night Audio Show used to just be a, a remix JB show for James Kelly. Okay, right. And, and at that James. time, yeah, he <laughs> wanted to change the culture yeah. and make a mix show, but he wanted his DJs to be there live. Okay. Every Friday. Yeah. You know, for a young, inspiring, intriguing, you know, hungry dude, right. that was perfect for me. Yeah. So I went up there and, you know, me and, and uh, Duro, we killed it. Right. And uh, so, who was all on station at that time? That though? was Walter Brown at that right. time, and just uh, Sheldon, okay, and um, Sheldon Reese, okay. And I know D was in the studio, but D really, you know, getting into Dangerous D wasn't really getting into the mix part. He had right. been more working with James on the JB edits they had okay. been playing. Gotcha. gotcha. And um, so when me and Daryl went, and they pretty much told us they wanted us back. Uh, unfortunately, Duro uh, passed away that night. Oh wow! And uh, then that for me was a whole different commitment. Okay. Because he took me up there. Right. Right. And I was committed to say that I was going to be there every week. Yeah. And get that done. And then shortly followed that, Brian showed up, okay. auditioned, and then last but not least, the Gypsy himself, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> And Brian Fraser was after that then, right? Yeah, Brian okay. was after me, and yeah. then Hugo showed up at the Okay, end. Hugo H., right. Yeah, Hugo H. Okay. So, so what year, well, how many years did you spend on KKC? I spent a couple years on KKC okay. because what was happening- I'm sorry, what years yeah, was that? From, like from 85 to 87. Okay. And uh, what happened was we started just growing because you got to think about radio stations at that time, we could basically do whatever we wanted to do. Right. You know, as long as right. it wasn't cursing, yeah. You know, where everybody's restricted on what they had to have and a playlist and all that. Right. No, we could come in there and, yeah, you know, let loose, <laughs> and we were live, right. So if the re if the turntable got unplugged like it did on some people before, wow, it went off. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my goodness, y'all was doing it like that. Huh? Uh, uh, that happened to your boy Hugo. <laughs> I never let him live that out. Oh my goodness! So you got a lot of people saying like, um, you know, there was this uh, hip house documentary that came out. It's in our DNA. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of people in there. A lot of people that wasn't was not in there. Um, definitely, you were part of that. Yes. Um, explain your 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 history and why were you in that document that docu series? Yeah. Well, part of it was well, basically it was based on my relationship and my history with KKC. Okay. Because we were able to play. A lot of that music, it was more like for us, you know, they would show up or someone would show up, whether they showed up to Bobby. Yeah. And because Bobby had a show on Sundays Bobby that Q basically, Bobby, right. right, that basically he just played all new music. Yeah. You know, so, hey, I want you to play this on this station because right. just you think about it outside of uh, BMX. Yeah. There was really, I mean, I know there were some things going north, but Southside was a different concentration. Correct. You had people trying to listen to us all the way in the south, southern suburbs yeah. on Friday night, you yeah. know, with coat, what is it, uh, uh, what is it, coat hanger antennas. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so um, our popularity went in a whole different, you know, arena. Okay. We, we skyrocketed. So let me ask you this. As a DJ, were you playing hip house too? I played it. Okay. Yeah, I played it as I'm. 
progressed and, right. and kept going. Um, but it was a popular Genre. thing at that yeah. time, you yeah. know. And uh, just as I spoke about it, I never forget right when that when you know M Doc and everybody yeah. we was rolling, and then all of a sudden here comes Easy East. Right, 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 <laughs> he right. Just, he just obliterated it, everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like everybody said too, you know, it was a time when uh, because of the culture of house, right. when you think about the uh, the part about the homosexuality of it, yeah, people were scared of it, correct. And they didn't know how to deal with it. You right. know, I've never been uh, homophobic. And yeah. I know people who understand the culture, Yeah, you know, yeah. are not that way. Yeah. So it was not a big thing for us. We just, I, I believe it was one of the things where we had to learn how to survive. Absolutely. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. So, uh, so from all this, and I asked everybody the same thing, from you and your brother at U.S. Studios, man, and you coming up through this whole culture, where do you think the term house music came from? That's a good one. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, I go back. See, you got to know by me being tight with Tony, I was also around Jesse. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, it was some cats in the house. You know, inside the house, inside the house, you know, with a four track and then eight and track. And that's why they call that house. I mean, I honestly, I, here's what I'm gonna tell you where uh, I, I can't believe that. Greg. Come hey, listen, on, man. listen, listen okay. I'm gonna tell you part a story okay. that I know personally. Okay, I never forget when this was going on and Frankie was stepping into making his, you know, putting together his music records, right? and he struggled with the concept of house music, right. Because of the way people were trying to call it yeah. and say it was put together. Right. But we talking about a dude who was way more advanced than we could ever imagine. I never forget playing his remix of Let No Man Put Us Under. Right, right. You know, that was way before anybody's time, you know. Right, right, so right. uh so when he started messing with Jamie and 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 let me flip side you to this. You know, yeah. a lot of those cats he did records with. You know, he met him. He used to come to our house, so it was okay. like cool. You know, like Reggie, Reggie Hall, right. Kevin, Kevin Irvin. Irvin. He right. met all them people over on Bishop. Wow. You know, so yeah. Um, so it was like the transition of saying house music. Right. You know, all I can remember is it was like a it was like a, a crapshoot on saying it, you know, okay. pretty much. You got some people that were pretty much doing their own thing. Right, right, right. At they at their crib. Because you gotta think about it, it wasn't really you didn't have to have an expensive budget. Yeah. You know? You didn't have to have a like now. I mean You mean to to make the music. Right, to make the music. Well, I mean, it was it, it was expensive because you had to buy the, the actual drum machine yeah. and the keyboard and MIDI up. So it was it was more expensive back then than it was today. Yeah. Because at that time uh, a drum machine could be fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, a keyboard another twelve hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so you saying that the house music came from people doing and programming beats and making music inside somebody else? At, at their okay, house. Okay, y'all. That's great perspective. We got we got to honor that. You know, everybody gets it, but we gonna we gonna we gonna roll with that. Hey, so where do you think it came from? Well, I mean, I'm I'm doing my series this year, man. So y'all y'all gonna hear everything from my perspective. Yes, yeah. but this is all about you right but, uh, now. Yeah, it is. So, so you know, what's funny though. I mean, I yes, I mean, that's what I know of at that time. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. No, no. Yeah. Like I say, I don't think there's no no right or wrong answer. Yeah. I just like to get everybody perspective. Yeah. And see where it came from. So at least we all are together on something. Yeah. 
you know. So let me ask you this, Greg. What happened after the your KKC era as a DJ? Like, what you do after that and 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 going forth? Well, you know, honestly, a lot of stuff that went on in my life was uh, uh honestly a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, uh, I lost my father. Okay. Lost uh, uncle. Then yeah. I lost my brother. Right. And that right there was just devastating. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, it took me a while. It took me some years. I never stopped yeah. playing because, you know, I had good guys around me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian, you right. know, uh, even Tony, those guys, people who kept up with me. Yeah. So uh, it just took me a minute to uh, gather myself and get myself back on my feet and start right. rolling again. But yeah. I never stopped. Like, you know, I would do little bits and pieces yeah. here and there, but nothing to the magnitude of where I wanted to be because psychologically, yeah. it, it was, just wasn't yeah. there. No, I, yeah. trust yeah. me, I understand, yeah. but yeah. I know how it is when I lost yeah. my mom. So I get it. Yeah, I, I get everything. Yeah. I just want the viewers to know, man, your story because I don't want people thinking like, where this dude just, pop, just popped up out of nowhere? Yeah. You know, and that's why I wanted to, you know, come in. You have this conversation with me. Hey, hey what was funny, I'll never forget when I... Uh, Started popping back up. Yeah, Frankie had did this big thing in Northern the Island. I remember that. And uh, David Morales and yeah. all them was there, and it was. And uh, I got there, and I was just standing in the crowd. Yeah, and I think it was Freddie that saw me. Uh, Freddie, oh yeah, Fred, Fred, yeah, yeah, Frederick, Frederick. He was like, it. "Come on, right?" And then I went, and you know, of course, he took me in the back with Frankie and everybody. Everybody was looking like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. No, that's good. That's Who the good. hell is this? And where did he come from? Like I popped out a bottle somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But See, they but, didn't realize it was I yeah. was I was family. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and that's yeah. why I wanted you to get your story. And you know, some people be like, "Well, why didn't I go first? I have to tell you so because your brother was part of that history. Oh yeah. And then you was part of it, and you you saw all of it. So let me ask you this. And I never. This is my first time I'm asking this question mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are gatekeepers in this thing called house music in Chicago right now? I wouldn't call it gatekeepers, but your work, it's just like any other thing you do in life. I'm a, I'm a, I'm the I'm the big I'm the big brother of the office. Right. I'm, I'm the uh seniority wise. Yeah. I, I I I think honestly I'm glad you asked that question because I think this is part of what happens with the community right now where people struggle. Yeah. It's not about you you could be the hottest DJ in the world. Right. At this time. Yeah. But based on you putting in the work and what type of work you putting in right. defines everything. Yeah. yeah. In other words, you can't when you say gatekeepers you know, if it's somebody who's been doing work for the last 25 years yeah. and they've made a name for themselves all around the world, look at you. Right. I mean, you could be as hot as you want to be. Right. Right. Uh, and I'm not, but if it comes down to it, where do you think the masses are going to go? Yeah. I honestly believe the people do pick who they want, but right. are you going to get picked in London? Right. You know? Yeah. Are you going to get picked? You know, in, in Amsterdam, right. where are you gonna get picked at? I mean, it's not just Chicago. Hey, I'm I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. you know, because some people be like, you know, there's gatekeepers. Uh, it's only these people doing parties. There are only people. No, their their work has allowed them. Thank you to get that. Okay. You know, and I I where I like to take my seat in this is that with that group, I have been able, and I won't say group, with with certain individuals and certain people, they understand my history. Right. They know. 
you know, what I'm going to do. Yes, I love sir. I love opening. Yes, sir. I love to set the tone. I love for another guy like to pass the baton. I'm right. a I'm a 400 mil. I'm a 400 meter uh, track star <laughs> right, relay right, right. relay guy. Yeah. I like to pass the baton and right. let the party keep going. Yeah. But you got to know how to do that. It's an art. Absolutely. Yeah, people don't understand. They don't that. understand it. They don't understand that at all. And 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 I like what you just said because you know if there's a lot of top people on the bill. You know, a lot of people want to be at the end to, to get that glory. Man. I don't mind being at the beginning because I'm going to do myself. Man. I'm going to do me. And like you said, I'm going to set the party how it's supposed to be. Man. And then that's the vibe. And, and if you need me to take it from another place, yes, I'm going to take it from another place. Yes, that's sir. my experience that allows me to do that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, I don't I don't care if you need me to play in the parking lot yeah. before the place <laughs> kick open. Hey, I'll knock it out for you. You know. Yes, sir. Yeah, because it's an honor to even be a part of that. Absolutely. And you have to look at things like that, yes, no sir. matter what it is. So 2024, brother, will we got to look forward to, to Mr. Greg Winfield? Well, they laughing at me right now. I got my my little brothers I told you about. They say this is Greg Winfield 6.0 right now. And the, re- <laughs> and the rebuild. The you rebuild, know? yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's a new it's another journey. Yeah. Uh this business was built on runs. Right. You know, you get some runs, and yes, once sir. you get you have to take advantage of the run. Right. You know, because they come far and few. Yes, sir. But it's also on how you you how would you say it? You promote and move and move and develop yourself. Yes, if there's somewhere where you know you're lacking, yeah. Uh, you got to pick up on it. Now, I am looking forward to doing some new projects. Yes, uh, I'll be working with, uh, I don't know if you know Victor Mitchell. Victor, Victor Mitchell. Paris Mitchell. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah him. And I'm actually going to do something with, uh, you know, Kevin's brother, Willie Irvin. You, know, you guys don't even know. No, that, I, don't that, I know that, Kevin because we yeah, used to hang with know, Road Dogs back in the day. No, no, Willie is a very musically inclined guy okay. that's been behind the scenes you know that family is uh, something else. Okay. You know, so okay. I've already reached out to him and talked to him, but that's something on the table What's right good? now. I'm here anytime you want to reach out. Let oh, me don't know. worry. I didn't know. You, do, I didn't you know, know I'm coming your way. All right, just you let know me know, brother. Your way. But I wanted people to know your story, man. Thank you for taking time out to do this, man. I know you, you went through a lot in 2023. Yeah. I pray for you and your family, man, and I'll make sure everything's all right with that. Um, but I just say, man, thank you for telling your story. I love you, brother. Thank you for doing love this. You too. And uh, you can catch Greg Winfield everywhere. Look him up on social media. You've been tuning in to everything house music and more. And anything at the last second you want to say to everybody? I want to say, I want to say, what's up? And I love you, Mrs. Winfield, Nikisha Winfield. Thanks for your support. All right, y'all, y'all heard it. All right, peace out, man. <laughs>